Beardon Bears fans, Pat the Designer, David Kaplan in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Cap is here to preview and break down what a Bears win and or loss could mean for this Chicago Bears team. Does it mean anything? We'll talk about that. Also got to look at uh, some interesting compensation that has been put out there on whether the Bears should be buyers or sellers. And uh, I got to ask him about his Harbaugh take because, uh, listen, it's... I think we have different opinions on that. And anytime I get the debate cap, I get to have fun doing that. All that and more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Let's jump into the show. Cappy, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I just walked in from the dentist and I'm not a fan of the going to the dentist. But, you know, we have uh, what do you call it? The um, what's the podcast they do where they're allowed to swear? Oh, uh, Crosstalk Unhinged. Uh, Crosstalk Unhinged. I had a mental block. So I can be a little unhinged here, right? I mean, technically, you can be as unhinged as you want. Nobody's put a limit on this. <laughs> okay, so I married my beautiful wife, Mindy, a little over 19 years ago. And the dentist in the neighborhood, was his kid was on our kid's Little League team. We literally just gotten married. And he said, oh, welcome to the neighborhood. My name's Dr. Karopoulos. Uh Mindy, did you have a dentist here? No, my dentist is back in Arlington Heights with, you know, where I used to live before I got married to David. Well, I'd love to be your dentist. Great. We're in. Uh, David, do you have a dentist? I said, I haven't been to the dentist in over 10 years. I brush my teeth. I'm good. Yeah. He, like, no, that's not going to fly. you got to go to the dentist. Uh, I'll think about it. We get home. My wife says, no, I'm not kidding here. My wife says, uh, you're going to the dentist and you're going to go every six months. And I said, no, I'm not going every six months. It's the dumbest <laughs> thing I ever heard. She said, well, until you go to the dentist, I won't sleep with you. That's tough. Yes. Yeah. I don't tough. mean like go to sleep with me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I get what yeah. you're saying. Put me on the, uh, the retention plan. I'm like, <laughs> all right. I called the dentist. That was a Saturday. I called the dentist on Monday. He got me in. I'm like, oh my God. I have, that was not over 19 years ago. And I have not missed a six month appointment since. Yeah, you're still smiling. So I was going to assume you were a regular at the dentist. I'm a hey, regular. That, that is, uh, that's one way to get the job done. Uh, but I do got to ask you about listen, this, this team that we have here makes my head hurt, Cappy. Every time I think that they're that we're out, they pull me right back in with some kind of win, like we saw with Tyson Bage. And so I do want to get your opinion on this. Looking at this uh this this Bears team right now as they head into Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Mm-hmm. What does a win do for this team, in your opinion? Because with how the new playoff structure is, technically the Bears really are still in the hunt, even though it doesn't feel to us here in Chicago that they're in the hunt. What does a Tyson Bajant win do for you uh, with this Bears team? Well, if they go to Sandy or to Los Angeles, I keep calling them Sandy. I know, I'm with you there. Um, If they go to L.A. and they win that game, and I don't mean they win six to three on two fumble recoveries by the defense setting up two fielders. I mean, he throws for... 225, couple scores, no turnovers, and you're like, wow, that dude took a step. He looked really good. He's starting against New Orleans. I don't care if Justin's thumb is 100%. Mm. Uh, he's starting. He, I mean, he is starting. 
Yeah. When you when you look at it though, right? Like if he gives you another game like this, because listen, he did a good job. He did a really good job for what we're asking him, what he's coming from, right? D2 school. Last year, everybody keeps talking about it. he was preparing for Colorado School of Mines. No clue what their specialty right. is that they teach there, right? right? And now he goes out and beats the Raiders, but it was still 162 yards, one touchdown. That's not lit- the stat line that gets you like, oh my God, we've got the next franchise guy. Let's say he does that again. But you put the Bears in a good position. The offense still looks good. It was done on the back of running the football. Does that still have you feeling like going into New Orleans? Yep, this guy's got to be our starter. Look, we've seen 32 games of Justin Fields. Yeah. I like Justin Fields. The night they drafted him, I was in Florida. I'm at dinner with my wife, and my wife knows me. I mean, I am who I am. She knew you were watching the draft. (laughs) I understand her. She understands me. We're at a steakhouse. We're sitting outside. The weather's beautiful. I have my iPad propped up at the table. And when they, I get a text from a friend in the league that I went to college with. He's like, hey, your boys just traded for the 11th pick. They're taking Justin Fields. It'll be done in a couple minutes. I'm like, what? And then they announce it. Chicago Bear. Remember that guy from Chicago? He came up. My Chicago Bears. He said, the my Chicago Bears like Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. And I literally at the table like, we just got Justin Fields. Dude, I'm not kidding you. You can ask my wife. There's 20 tables outside, and 15 of them had to be Chicagoans. Yeah. People are all going, we got Justin Fields? Everyone was all excited. I was leading the party. 32 games later, I'm not as excited by him. I like him as a dude. He, I think, is a great role model. He's got all that. Mitch Trubisky had those qualities, too. The teammates loved him. Great work ethic. First guy in, last guy out. The offense just looked different last week. So let's let this play out. It's it's. I've been on this kind of where it's interesting to me because the offense, yes, it was run officially. The one thing that I will say is that they got the ball out quicker. But I think that, again, we looked at the game plan and we were like, Luke Getzey elite job getting the game plan in. I thought that he had a great blocking plan to stop Max Crosby. Makes life a lot easier for your rookie quarterback. I think we saw that as well with Justin for two games this season. And for me, right, I hear the 32 games. I hear the uh, 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 how long he's been here and what we've seen from him. But for us to hold last season against him, a season where Ryan Poles literally went, you're going to suck. Like, I will guarantee that anybody, are you talented? You don't play here anymore. Correct. That to get to the point where we get excited about the pick, and now in this season, not to say that it's been elite, but the first three weeks, right? Everybody, Orlovsky, uh, Stephen A. Smith, all the people he has on first take, everybody looked at Getsy's game plan and went, "Yeah, I have no idea what that play is." Offenses in the NFL don't run that. I can't sit there and all of a sudden just say, when we see Justin run it for two games, we see Bajent run it for one game, and we see the similarities in how Justin eight to one, Bajent one touchdown, but ran the offense really well. I think they just figured out what they needed to do versus which quarterback needs to be in there the most. So if you put, here's what I'll tell you the tape will never lie to you. Mm-hmm. Tape doesn't have any biases about. You were drafted or undrafted. The tape doesn't have any biases if you're a good guy or a bad guy. None of it. Put the tape on. There are multiple times I have watched on the All-22, and then I ask 
Waddle. I've asked my friend Olin Krutz. Right. And Justin, you heard Tom Thayer yelling on the broadcast, throw it. it. Yeah, six seconds, 100%. You freeze the tape and you go, click on the play, Justin injured his thumb. Yep. Freeze the tape. He is in the pocket and he has an ability to let the football go. It's not like he's got, you know, four guys hanging on him. Right. He's got a clean pocket. And you look and you go, that's DJ Moore, 17 yards, 18 yards there. That's Darnell Mooney running free down the middle of the field for a touchdown. And he doesn't throw the football. Yeah. For whatever reason, he does not process properly in the pocket. Great athlete, great leader, strong, tough, physical, loves the role of representing our city, that franchise, all of it. There, At some point, we have to be willing to go, the dude won't throw the football when he's got guys open. Yeah, I'll tell you what Olin said, and Olin played 13 years in the league, and I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Olin said, if the kid plays well enough Sunday night where you go, wow, offense looked good again, he goes, I am rolling with him the rest of the year. I think that the coaches probably would too, right? Because to me, that's it. Listen, they're in a situation where if they don't get it right this year, if they don't go on a Detroit Lions run, they're not going to be here next season. My favorite line from your co-host hoodie, right? Like Jay said, they'll never see Arlington. Right. Like, with how they're doing it right now, the politics of it would have them probably roll with him. I would agree with Olin on that. But I have a tough time where, yes, there are the moments that Justin has the inconsistencies. I can't say he got hurt because of him. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. Like, if you deny that, you're just trying to be too biased on one side. Mm-hmm. But I also see the sides where, right, the, the, the conversation on Bajan is he got the ball out quick. I haven't seen him get the ball out that quick. Justin doesn't get the ball out that quick. That was 2.5 seconds. The most time it took him in, in the commander's game was 2.7 seconds. And, it, and and those were deep shots. Those were quick shots. Those were decisive shots. I think that there was something to how much of an impact Cody Whitehair made in that game with how poorly he snapped in that. But if Bajit wins this, I can't say you're wrong because of the politics that come into play with football. Well, here's here's the if thing. If you're Matt Eberflus, you're gonna roll with him. Maybe I don't know if it's Matt's call. I don't know how much it's Matt's call. Maybe it is. I yeah. I would be surprised if it was only his call because at the end of this season, you have to either pick up that option, which is twenty five million on Justin, or not. And if you decide we're not picking up the option, boy, that's a big statement. You have the number one pick in the draft, potentially, if it's the Carolina Panthers pick. I don't think the Bears will pick number one overall from themselves. Yeah. But Carolina, I, I do think they are going to finish with the worst record. Well, okay, last year's class, he didn't like Bryce Young. I didn't either. He's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's small. I didn't wouldn't take that chance. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he's having a good year. I, they weren't going to make that move for Justin to get rid of him. But this year, Drake May, Caleb Williams, J.J. McCarthy, uh, Michael Penix, and whoever else emerges in the scouting season, and you're sitting there at number one going, okay, this is potentially a generational class of quarterbacks. 
I have to know at the end of this year, whatever the record is, they're not going to the playoffs. So the record is irrelevant for me. I have to know at the end of the season, is he our guy moving forward or not? Because if he is, then I'm trading number one for other than the Herschel Walker deal, the biggest haul anyone's ever seen. Yeah. Because somebody's coming to get Caleb Williams or Drake May at number one. They are. I, I agree with you. But if you say at the end of the year, he's not our guy, okay, use the pick, get a player, a quarterback, trade him, and then use your own pick to address another need. Or the worst scenario, the season ends, you stuck with Tyson Bajant, you go, yeah, he was okay, he had a nice year. I don't know if Justin's the guy. Heaven forbid you trade him away and he becomes a star somewhere else, you look even dumber. Yep. No, and I think that's – here's the thing for me. You have this option. Okay, we pay Justin Fields, you know, the 25. It's things in the moment. But I would rather know that the offensive line in front of Justin Fields is competent for most of the season, right? You can't expect perfection out of an offensive line. Guys are going to get hurt, different things like that. I would like to know that the coaches that I have in place are going to stay consistent with the scheme because the scheme has been up and down all season. I mean, like – I look at the Tampa game and the Minnesota game, and I'm like, yeah, these were very similar. What's going on here? And then I look at the Commanders game and last week versus the Raiders, and I'm like, these are similar, but they don't look like those games in the slightest. What did you change in these situations? I want to see consistency among our organization for more than just, right, we, we keep having these pop-up years. And the, the biggest thing that the Bears can do to me is solidify both sides of the trenches, even if you feel like Justin's not the guy, to me. Even if you feel like Justin's not the guy, you need to fix the people that are standing in front of him. If that means missing out on these generational quarterbacks, guess what? I watched uh, uh, five guys come in, in in San Francisco because the scheme was right and there was protection for them and they could run the football. We got one of those things right now. You cannot, in my opinion, if... If you don't believe Justin's the guy, and they may have already made that decision. They may yeah. already, in Ryan Pohl's suite, he and Ian Cunningham may go, we're done. We're not yeah. keeping this guy. Maybe they haven't. I don't know. You cannot leave a generational quarterback on the table to address another need because if he becomes Patrick Mahomes part two and you missed again, you're getting fired. You're done. I don't care if you got the greatest left tackle in the history of the world. If there is a quarterback that you was on the table for you to take and you didn't take him, yeah, you're dead. You're out. You're gone. And so they have to know without a shadow of a doubt, is Justin our guy or not? Yes, yes, yes. No. Why no? Give me your reasons. And then they have to all come to a meeting of the minds and make that decision. And if they make the decision that he's not the guy, then you have to take a quarterback at number one. Have to. If there's a guy there that you like. It'd be – I just feel like we've played that game. Now, granted, we haven't had number one every time, right? But I feel like we've played that game, right? The the answer to make Mitch better was go get him a wide receiver and not fix his offensive line. Meanwhile, we're sitting here complaining about Mitch when he's getting murdered behind the line. I don't think Mitch is an elite quarterback. He's not. By any stretch of the imagination. But I've watched – okay quarterbacks win Super Bowls because of other things that are around them. I don't think Joe Flacco is a good quarterback. <laughs> and I watched him go to the Super Bowl because you built the infrastructure for him around him. Let me ask you this, though, because we've talked about the winning side. Let's say we come into this Sunday 
with a loss or come out of this Sunday with a loss. You're now two and six. Are you going nuclear with this team? Are you going back into full-on tank mode? Are you still trying to win games here? What's the process that you have right now if you come out of this with a loss? You come out of this, you're two and six. Uh, we have to evaluate, okay, how did Bajant play? Are we rolling with him? If he was bad, okay, are we going back to Justin? Is his thumb right? Justin cannot play unless his thumb is 100%. 100%. Yeah. He says, I can kind of, you know, I can, ah, I, can't, I can't hold it, but I, I'll yeah. shoot it up and I'll, no, no, not a two and six. We can't be compromising his health. If he says, I'm good, I got it, I'm back, okay, then, okay, then we, we could go back to Justin. If you don't, if Ryan and Matt and Cunningham and all of them, Kevin Warren, don't know for sure, is he our guy? We better get him back in there. Then you got to play him. If they've already made that decision, then it really doesn't matter, period. So if they lose, I'm not t- calling for a tank. I hate that, especially yeah. with today you and I are taping this. There's 10 games left. 10. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you're going to, on Tuesday morning, go, all right, we lost for two and six. Let's trade away as many assets as we can. We need more good players, not less. Yeah. So if they lose, figure out what you want to do at quarterback. Just keep trying to develop the Jaquan Briskers, who I think is ascending and is absolutely. Yeah. Kyler Gordon ascending. Are we keeping Jalen Johnson? Are we getting a deal done? They know what his demands are. If they don't want to pay that, then they should trade him. I would hope they would keep him because I think he's a really good football player. Uh, I think this is a hot take. People will disagree with it. I think they're this close to getting their offensive line to an elite level. I think they I got think three they, out of five. Correct. They need a center like a starving man needs a ham sandwich. They've oh got to go get an elite center, whether that's a free agent, whether that's somewhere in the draft that you scout a guy and go, that's our guy. But they've yeah. got to get a center. And I think they have to get an elite left tackle and make Braxton a swing. That's what I think. No, I'm right there with you. I I, I even talked about, you know, we talked about uh, yesterday with Courtney Cronin on the podcast that, you know, with Braxton Jones coming back, are you willing to risk throwing him out there this week? Because one, he hasn't fixed his issues with the bull rush. And two, he's coming off of injury with the neck issue and he's got to go up against either Bosa or Mac. It's not a good day for him at any point. Uh, so I, I I, there's so many questions with Braxton Jones. Those are the two that you absolutely have to fix. I'm 100% with you. Let me ask you this question, Cappy. And by the way, we do want to let you guys know that uh, today's podcast brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino, Northern Indiana. See, comedy legend Jay Leno at Hard Rock Live, Saturday, November 11. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. You ever seen Leno? You ever seen Leno live? I have seen Leno live at Lake Forest College when my brother was a student there in like 1983 or 84. Yeah, Jay Leno was doing a college tour, and he was at my brother's little college in Lake Forest, and he was freaking amazing. Yeah, Jay Leno's pretty good. He's he's comedy legend is the oh. perfect word to use for him. Uh, let's let's have this conversation though, because even with everything the Bears need, uh, there's a couple of pieces here that are available at the deadline, and we have the conversation on buyers or sellers, but we got a price point on two pass rushes and a defense that needs pass rush, like you said, like a homeless man needs a ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
The cost for Montez Sweat and Chase Young, they're saying is probably a second or third round pick in a trade per Schultz report. Uh, it was reported uh, recently reported that the commanders have not started contract extension talks with either player and both are pending free agents. Knowing everything you need on the offense, on the defensive line, even heading into next season, would you trade for these guys being buyers at the deadline? Maybe it helps you on the defense for this season, but you're able to lock them up. I would not for this reason. Why does Washington want to let good football players out of their building for day two picks? That that one would concern me on the Chase Young front. So he had a severe, severe injury. injury. Yeah. He's had a good year. He's had five sacks so far in seven games. Great. How come they don't want to keep him? They're going to let both these dudes walk out the door? And I'm supposed to give you a pick that's going to get a young, talented player in here, and they're both free agents, so they're going to want to get paid stupid money? No. No. We asked that question to Thayer uh, on our show this morning on Thursday, and Thayer said, absolutely not. No chance. Yeah, it's it, it, that is an Did interesting you? question. Did I mean, you? when you – for me here, I would do it for one or the other. One, Chase Young. Now, he's the one that's the most concerning, but to me, he's the one that has the highest ceiling. Mm-hmm. That one, though, with the injury, adding him makes you next level, but how long is he going to be able to stay healthy? That's always a question. Once those big guys start to get injured, right? Like, it, we have the same question on the other side with uh, with Tevin Jenkins, right? Like, I think that he's an elite. He's our best offensive lineman. How long is he going to be able to be out on the field? But to me, looking at, you know, maybe a Montez Sweat, if you could get him for a third-round pick, I think for the Washington's reasoning on moving on from guys, especially when you look at their roster, is just you got a lot of money tied up in your defensive line already. I mean, you got Jonathan Allen out there. Uh, D- Deron Payne is making uh, $90 million over the next four. Uh, mm-hmm. Already paid Jonathan Allen as well, and you're not seeing the success from that. You've got players that can get you picks. I don't think that this is a Chase Claypool situation here where they're like, we're done with you. I think they would like to keep these guys, but the team hasn't shown you enough as far as success to sit there and say, we're going to pay for a defensive lineman and have, you know, 200 million in our defensive line alone. Yeah. Look, their front four going into the commanders game against the bears. I thought, boy, that's going to be a real challenge. And they've got good players up there, but I, I'm not to the point where I'm ready, and I know Chase Young was the second pick in the draft. He's got to prove – is he going to be healthy all 17 games this year? Is the knee going to start to bark? How much does he want? Does he want to get paid Aaron Donald money, which is what we keep hearing, you know, $25 or more? I can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Now, if he said, you know what, I've always wanted to be in Chicago. I'll give you a hometown deal, and it's going to be – 16, 17 million, but that's pie in the sky. That's not what the case is. So, no, I'm keeping my picks. I'm playing out the season, and I am going to figure out my quarterback spot. And then with my draft capital, if I get the quarterback at one or if I have the quarterback on my team, I have no problem trading down. I would like to come out of this draft with Marvin Harrison simply because I think he's the best wide receiver I've ever seen since Calvin Johnson in college. DJ Moore, Marvin Harrison. Now we're somebody's nightmare to cover. Yeah. And and that makes 
right? If you have a quarterback that is quick to pull the trigger, that does make life easier if you have three-fifths of an offensive line and you have to develop another young offensive you know lineman yeah, heading into next year. 90 million in cap space, 95 million? Uh, yeah, Bears going into next season will be right, but they'll have the most cap space in the NFL again next year. Okay, so go get – like if I said to you this is the offseason, you drafted Marvin Harrison, you drafted – pick the quarterback, Drake May or Caleb Williams, one yeah. of them, J.J. McCarthy, and then you took your money and you got – the best available left tackle on the market. You got him. And then you also got a center in the draft. And you went, okay, that's my front four. I'm rolling with it. And then you went and signed a three technique in the middle of your defense. You're a whole different football team now. See, the only part that scares me about that is, right, uh, those elite players who are offensive linemen usually don't hit free agency. I think you're seeing that this season, right? The Orlando uh, Orlando Pace Juniors, uh, the – I mean, like – you, you you look at the linemen that were out there. Um, what's the one? Michael uh, – who is the other left tackle that was available? Michael McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey, right? Mike McGlinchey. They, they've all been horrible. They have How you look at them and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe people spent money on that. Pace absolutely do- – or uh, Poles absolutely dodged a bullet there. Like, those are the you're guys that Orlando I look at. Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Orlando yeah. Brown Jr. Uh, you know, like he he absolutely dodged a bullet with both of those guys, and they were the number one guys on the market. If right. you've got those guys getting to the market, it's usually because the team that has them is like, no, we can live without you. Like, we'd be fine paying you this level, but you're not this level. That's why to trade just – if you can keep Justin if Ju- or Bajan, if you go, I'm willing to roll with one of our quarterbacks. Let's assume yeah. it's Justin. And he's our guy. We commit to him. We pick up the option. And now you have the number one pick. You can go, okay, who wants Caleb Williams? Oh, yeah. Who wants Drake May? And now I can get Marvin Harrison at two, three, wherever it is. If I have to move up a little bit, I can get him. That's one. And I can take a satchel of draft picks and players that I get for the quarterback at number one. Okay, I want your left tackle. I want your next two number ones. I want your number two. And oh, I want you throwing that pass catching tight end right there. He can play with Cole Komet. Now we're at a different spot here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean you- Justin or Bajan has to work out. One of them, it, it'd be, it would be very helpful for one of them to work out for sure. I think the part about the quarterback for me that I don't worry about is every year we hear this guy's the je- next generational talent. You can't pass on this guy. This guy is this. And at a certain point, I think the part that Bears fans have to realize is you're going to have to settle with a guy now. They have to show you something, but you're going to have to get to a point where guess what? When the Chargers had Phillip Rivers and other guys were coming off of the board, they weren't going... We need another quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's the position we're looking at. No, they were like, Philip is what we have. He's good enough. He's, he can get us in those big moments. We need to build around him. I think San Francisco right now is doing the exact same thing uh, with the Brock Purdy experiment that now he's hurt, right? But like they had Trey Lance. They had all these guys in there, and they were like, we're willing to move off of you because we built everything else around you. And I know that Shanahan is going to put a great system together, which is, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. The system means so much. I got to ask you this because I heard your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Michigan is being investigated literally today. P. 
people were, uh, the NCAA was in there investigating the Harbaugh situation. I actually think we might be heading towards Jim Harbaugh returning to the NFL. And you said that if in any way he's involved in this scandal, you wouldn't take him here in Chicago. Okay. What I said was if he is like the mastermind of this scandal, like if he just turned his back and I don't want to know what's going on. Yeah. It's a dumb way to handle your business. But if you told me, oh, my God, they've got emails where he was, you know, the mastermind of here's he's sending the tickets. Yeah. Like if he's the guy that orchestrated all this, it speaks to a lack of character. Yeah. And I don't and I love Jim. I want Jim to be the Bears coach. But if if there's if this scandal goes as deep as now is being animated and you had Bob Stoops came out today, blasted Michigan, Matt yeah. Rule blasted Michigan. Nick Saban saying, look, we got to put communication in the headsets in your helmets in college like they do in the NFL, and all this goes away. If Jim is intimately involved, sorry, that, that I was the guy that said I would not let my general manager hire A.J. Hinch when the Astros fired him. You, you were part of a cheating scandal. Yeah. I would be disingenuous then to say, Ah, but I want Harbaugh because I'm not an Astros fan. The Bears are my favorite team. So if Jim was intimately involved, if he knew what was going on, if I was the president of the university there, I'd fire his ass today. That's tough for me because if I'm the Bears head coach, right? Like, or if I'm the Bears GM, I'd be the first, Jim would be the first person I'd be calling, even if he was involved. And he, the only reason is this. I'm at a point where there needs to be a sense of leadership on the field. We know what Jim is as a leader. Mm-hmm. Whatever he did there, that that is what he did. But they have to find a sense of leadership. And with everyone else, you're taking a chance. With Ben Johnson, you're back in the, the Matt Nagy situation. I think he's great. Okay. I love what he looks like. But he's flavor of the day. He's flavor of the day, right? I Eric Bieniemy. I would love to see Eric Bieniemy get a head coaching job. I think that the dots connect with him coming here if things were to work out. But I don't know if Eric. The first thing we heard about Eric Bieniemy as a coach was, I don't, I don't really like how this guy coaches from the players' standpoint, right? They're going to or they're going to uh, to, to Chico, basically going. Yeah, he he's a little aggressive. I don't, I don't know if I like this in the building here, right? So. I have zero questions on what Jim Harbaugh is as a leader. And for me, you have to go get the best leader. You're doing your team a disservice if you don't have the best leader. That's available. That, of course, is if Jim is available. Again, character. You, I'm not naive. that God, I was a college coach. and yeah. Believe me, if I had the money, we would have probably tried to slide a little here to get a player. Yeah, that's the competitor. Yeah, that's different than masterminding a cheating scandal that this isn't just, you know, a little thing here. Like if it's what the Washington Post and all these people are now reporting like it, it rivals the Houston Astros. Like I just read a thing. And if I can find it on my phone from ESPN, uh, one of the offensive linemen who played at Ohio State said, he watched the tape of the Michigan game, and he said, there's no way, it's impossible that every play call 
that we we would come out of the huddle, the Michigan players would look over to the sideline and they were in the right formation every single time. He yeah. said it's impossible. You no human being could guess right that they are. We've got the defense called for what they're running. Hey, it's listen, impossible. And if it they sounds like Josh McDaniels level stuff, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like if they if they literally had the plays, that is as disrespectful to the man across the way, the football coach who's trying to feed his family and coach his football team, and he thinks we're on an even playing field here. They may beat us. They may have better players. No, he has the answers to the test. Yeah. That is as scummy as it gets. You cannot coach my organization. I don't want you. Uh, I hear you. But yeah, I, the one thing that I'll say is if he came here and he won, winning cures all. There's there's a lot of moments where, right, like, and, and let, let's be honest about this, right? Like, if he was, if he got the Bears to a 12-win team, the scandal wouldn't be what we would talk about at the forefront. It might still be something that irks you and irritates you, but I don't think that that would be the thing where we're like, listen, uh, the Bears are winning 12 games here. Jim Harbaugh's in the running for coach of the year. I I can't believe he's my head coach right now. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay, I'm a Cubs fan. Are you a Cubs fan or Sox fan? I'm a Sox fan, so it's not good. <laughs> okay, yeah, right now it's not. Um, if it came out, and I'm just making this up to everyone. Right, right, right. If it came out, oh my God, the Cubs actually were sign stealing throughout the 16 season, and we just uncovered all the evidence. And they admit, yeah, we got caught. Yep, we did it. That would break my freaking heart. Yeah. That team finally won a championship, and you cheated to do yeah. it. I couldn't look at it legitimately. I couldn't. And if Jim Harbaugh had such a lack of respect, and again, it's a big if. It's if a big he, if. It's still if, speculation right now. If it's proven, if he did this, and he had that little regard for the kids across the way that are in the weight room at 5 o'clock in the morning in the summer and busting their ass so they can put their team in the best possible position, and he basically is going – Middle finger, I got the answers to the test. Nah, nah, yeah. nah, nah. Scumbag, out. Would you have, and and this is a very big difference because winning it took place before, but Jim has been successful in the NFL. Mm-hmm. When everything came out the multiple times, right? This is not a one time. The multiple times about Bill Belichick. If the Patriots had said he's gone. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have taken Bill Belichick as our head coach, but softballs. I mean, he he basically did the sign stealing, right? With the right. with the kid. He taught Josh McDaniels how to do it, right? Like he's going to go down as the greatest head coach in football history, right? No, now. he's not. Stop yourself. He's not, Bill, he's not Bill, top five. Bill Belichick? Yes. Bill Belichick's not going down as the greatest head coach in football history, right? Absolutely now? not. Absolutely not. Who? Well, we can. Nick Saban <laughs> is certainly going to be on that list. Vince Lombardi is going to be on that list. Bill Walsh is going to be on that list. Don Shula is going to be on that list. George Hallis is going to be on that list. I could go through a bunch of Bear Bryant. I could go through a bunch of them. The difference is I look at Bill Belichick, and, yes, he was a wonderful football coach. Yeah. Spygate, he was a crook. He was bugging other teams' practices. 100%. Scumbag. Yeah. 
And how's he I, done since Tom Brady left? That hey, listen, that poorly, right? And a lot of bad decision making. He's also 71. At a certain point, you know what I mean? Like and the, the game passes everybody by. I hope that's not the case for Bill. But even with all of that, if the Patriots after Spygate, and what is that? After Spygate, he had already won three. He right? Uh maybe. Yeah. He had already maybe. won three, I think. Uh if they had fired him, you wouldn't have said that that could be our next head coach. I would hope I would have never, ever felt that way. Oof. Hey, I, I, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I think in the sports, there are so day. many moments that don't come out that you do get these. Now, maybe not to the point of sign stealing and things like that, but I, I, I can't believe that at no point Nick Saban has never done something underhanded to gain an advantage. Or that it's. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know it. Like the, <laughs> it's the ignorance is bliss uh, uh, for you, right? Like I, I don't know what he's done, and he's been successful. That's great for me. Well, I mean, I I, I can't say he did something because I don't know that he did. Right, it. I know Bill Belichick did it. Yeah, and the only person that will never ever lie to you is the man in the glass, the man in the mirror. And if you can look in your mirror and look at yourself and go. I don't give a shit. He's a great no. football coach. I don't care if he has the answers to the test. Then you, then you and I are just looking at it in two different ways. I could not. If I found out my Cubs cheated to win the 2016 World Series, every bit of Cubs memorabilia in here from that, that's my favorite team. That's the greatest night of my sports fandom. If I found out that was ill-gotten, yeah. it all gets burned or thrown in the trash, and I'm done with them. That's like this, this is character shit for me. This yeah. is, I cannot. It's do an it honor. If, if, and only if he was the guy intimately involved in this. He knew nothing about it. He should have known, but I understand stuff right. goes on. But if he was aware of this and acting on it, like the guy at Ohio State said, they knew every one of our plays. It's impossible that they could have had the right defense for every play. Then he's out. He's off my list. Period. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I One, I hope he's innocent just for all the reasons we've mentioned here, right? So that you're doing things the right way. But I really hope he's innocent just so that the coach at Ohio State can be like, son of a... He really did just know. He really knew. Like That, yeah. would, that would be even better for me at the end of it. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I don't want this to be true. I Yeah, I, I, I would rather see him be successful. And at this point, right, listen, at, whatever it is, here's the tough part about it. Whatever it is, they won't have to answer for it until well after the college football playoffs. That's just So true. he might be gone knowing something's coming, having to deal with everything he's dealt with already. He might be here already by the time we get an answer. He might be an NFL head coach by the time we get an answer. That's uh, the part that's going to be tough here. If Michigan is willing to like, if they fire him, yeah. Like, if we get word, oh my God, breaking news, Jim Harbaugh just got fired at Michigan. Well, then there's obviously yeah. more fire than smoke. He's off my list. I think there'd be that Michigan, we know how the college does it. There'd be that uh, we're going to part ways here because both sides have come to an agreement and uh, we and Jim is uh, tired of all the red tape he's got to cut through in college. He's looking to go back to the end of I think we get something like that versus because here's the one thing we do know if this is true or not. 
he's not getting fired, even if it's true to me, because Michigan loves him. They'll be like, suspend him for the season. We'll bring him back. Northwestern he's got in Ann Arbor right Fitzgerald. now. Northwestern, he was a Northwestern guy like, like Jim is at Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They whacked him. Go yeah, but, but winning matters. Pat Fitzgerald didn't win anymore. Um, I mean, what did he – in the last, what, 30 games, they were like 12 and whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, like at Michigan, Jim's winning. But that's a brutally tough job. And you yeah. go back and look through Fitz. He's had multiple ball games. They never had done anything to the level. No, he no. he's their best coach for sure right now. Yeah. Like he, he was their – right, he was their number one. But I think it just it coincided at a time where it was like, listen, you haven't won in a few seasons here. This is terrible. This, this by the way, Pat is far worse than anything Jim would have done, right? Like everything that's coming out with that. So I think there's the difference there as well. But I mean, I think literally like uh, who's a Jawan Howard, right? He's also Mr. Michigan up there. I, yeah. He literally slapped another coach. <laughs> and they were like, suspend them for the next couple of games, bring them back. We're good. You know what I mean? <laughs> so oh. here's, Fitz, here's Fitz's records going back. He was 1 and 11 last year. He was 3 and 9. He was 7 and 2 and won the Citrus Bowl. Right. He was 3 and 9, 9 and 5, 10 and 3, 7 and 6, 10 and 3. So, you know, he was in, he had an awful two year run there. Yeah, yeah. That is a brutally tough job. Yeah, no, 100%. You're not getting the same level of talent at Northwestern no, and it, nowhere near. Listen, I, I understand that. So I don't I don't fault Fitz for struggling to get guys in there. I just understand where when something as bad as what came out with Northwestern comes out and mm -hmm. you're a part of it, l winning would have helped your case exponentially versus being no three and nine. No question. You're making <laughs> a very valid point. Hey, appreciate you tuning in with us, Cappy. Sunday's game, we have Bears versus Chargers. What is your prediction? Um, I think the Chargers win the game something like 31 to 20, something like that, because I truly believe if the Bears can go in there and win Sunday night, Brandon Staley gets fired Monday. That's what I think. This is their last stand with all that talent on that team. There's a Khalil lot. Mack and Joey Bosa and Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and all these guys. If they lose to the beloved on Sunday night football, yeah. I think he gets fired Monday. So I think they rally the troops. They play this, you know, as hard as they can. And I do think they win. We'll see what it ends up being. I do agree with you. I don't know if I have it that far because I have no idea what the Chargers are. Like, they, right. they win a half, and then they completely piddle down their legs. But uh, I think I do have the Chargers winning this one. I'll say 24-14 uh, say somewhere in there. I think this is going to be a little bit of a, a, a crash back to worth for Tyson Bajant when defenses actually go – we're not going to give you the passes that you keep completing. But I hope that he has immense success and we win by 10. That's That'd my hope. Amazing. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Appreciate you for tuning in with us, Cappy. As always, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Y'all already know what to do. Leave the five-star review. As always, bear down Chicago. Y'all stay safe out there. Peace.